0: Anthony Sitko from Capes on the Couch, a show that examines the mental health issues of comic book characters, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other stupendously geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com. Welcome to an all-new episode of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I'm Stephen. This is episode 43, and with me, of course, is the star of this show. If we had credits, you know that three-quarters of them would be spent on him. It's SP. Hey,
1: everybody, how's it going? And he is contractually obligated to say all that. I negotiate very well in my co-host negotiations. We might have a thing or two to say about that later on the show. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, yeah, so we're here, and I'm back with another uh, full spread of microphones. So if you missed the last episode, you should go check that out. Please do so. Uh, I, I featured the uh, Audio-Technica BP-40, the Electro-Voice RE-320, and also the uh, Rode Procaster. And I had a little bit of a blind, blind shoot out there at the end, and nobody really commented on it. So I assume that that means either they all sucked for me, or nobody listened. Or people listen, have a strong opinion about it. And this is probably the most likely they have a strong opinion about it, but they're so afraid that what they say is going to not match what they hope to say. And so they're not going to put that forward. So I'm not revealing the microphones right now because I know that you're, you're afraid to 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 adopt your bias and it'll take you a week to get through that and then make your prediction. But please go listen to that over on episode 42 is right at the end of the show. Uh, I'd love to have your thoughts. Which microphone did you think was the best on my voice? And it's just for fun. It's just for experimenting. And and this week I've got actually the uh, RE320 hooked back up as well as I did do the pod mic and the ZDM1. So that's the Rode pod mic and the Zoom ZDM1. And yeah, I just kept the RE320 because that's it is kind of part of the the ongoing test because I spun that one up again for the first time uh, at the last episode of the uh, Better Podcasting season two.
1: So I'm on the road pod, mic. you know, a couple shows ago, I did a shootout for our listener, Rob, who's one of the hosts of Smoking and Drinking in Capes and Smoking and Drinking in Space, both shows on the Gunna Geek Network. He was asking some questions. He wanted to upgrade his microphone. So I did a shootout, a handheld shootout with a Zoom ZDM1 and a Rode Pod mic. And then another mic that I'm not, I'm just not going to mention it because it's not worth mentioning. Anyway, I did the shootout with the three of them. Oh, and a Sennheiser MD46 and my RE320. And everybody seemed to like the Zoom ZDM1. Now, Stephen, you are more than welcome. It is yours. You're in Canada. You can call it a ZDM1. I'm going to call mine a ZDM-1 because I'm in America. And anyway, I did the shootout and everybody liked the ZDM-1 because it was inexpensive. It sounded pretty decent, whatever. So last episode, I did the full episode with the Zoom ZDM-1. And I did a short little comparison with the RE320, which everybody is used to and accustomed to hearing my voice over there. And so this week, I thought I'd give the Rode Pod mic a try. Same configuration, it's just the Rode Pod mic instead of the Zoom ZDM one. So you don't have any of the mic handling noise that I had two episodes ago. So you can uh, take a listen there. So uh, there you go, Steven. That's what we got this week.
0: And in our chat, by the way, we do have Johnny Pennington who is chiming in and he is saying certainly found or he says, number two, certainly sound, sound. He actually typoed, but he says, number two, certainly found best." I hope it is the BP 40. And then he corrected himself and said, that is sounds best. So he found that number two sounded the best is what he said. And uh, I'd love to know what your thoughts were. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but yeah, uh, we'll maybe do another blind shootout on these three tonight. We'll we'll find out. I know which one he's talking about. I'm not going to say which one it is, but uh, yeah.
1: I was going to say the reason why people did not comment last week is they are using a new AI which automatically goes in and removes whatever host voice that you don't like. So everybody's removing your voice. They had no idea that you were doing a microphone test. And and that's the beauty of AI. You can have that sort of thing. And I guess live, there is that as well. And the AI took off Stephen from screen, which I think everybody is uh, probably excited about. But that leads me to a question, which a listener brought forward a couple of episodes ago about AI And it was a question on how do you use AI or chat GPT in your podcast? It was by Boba Fett ship. And he said, this might be too much for a live chat. And I can't attend tonight. Anyway, Boba Fett ship, I think is in the chat tonight. But have you guys looked at ChatGPT and how a podcaster might leverage it? Yako said, I haven't used it in production yet, but I did play with ChatGPT to come up with show intros before. It was unintentionally hilarious. And Barnstown said, same. This intro is actually really good, although it's kind of worthy. And it was from his show, Child of Time. And he put that in there. And what he really liked is the AI assumed he had a, quote, encyclopedic, knowledge of all things sci-fi and fantasy unquote well that is a fracking lie is what he said so yes uh Stephen and i have experimented with chat gpt and uh yeah it was it was a it was a session
0: <laughs> yeah i have to say that um chat GPT looks like some good applications out there. Everything that I've seen as far as knowledge goes, I would not rely on it. Um, It seems like it is very quick to provide an answer that's maybe wrong, that can be proven wrong, and you ask it to say again, and it says another thing. Um, I just actually watched a video where uh, if you didn't see the Super Bowl commercial with infamous Dave Grohl thanking Canada, well, first you should go look that up, because there's lots of reasons you should thank Canada. That admittedly, I did not know uh, Canada was the creator of various things, but this canadian that i follow uh he ended up doing a whole video being like hey i'm going to fact check these things using chat gpt and he would do it and it would be like it would say say like no you know it was it something was made in america and he's like i think that's wrong or try again and it would come back and be like sorry i was wrong the first time and then he would manually google and find out that you know obviously D- dave grohl was right that it was canadian but chat was just there to uh to or was just wrong at first But I will say, though, if you want to get an idea of something, you know, like an intro or something, you might want to throw it in there and see see what you think, but try to be a little specific. So you might say, hey, write me a short podcast introduction for a podcast called Better Podcasting Live Chat, where two guys talk the latest in podcasting. And see what it comes up with, because otherwise it is it is pretty rambly and pretty random. And that's what I did over on the Gunna Geek show months ago when I decided to do it. I just said, write me a podcast introduction, I think. And then it was uh, it was very vague and very long and very hard to follow.
1: (laughs) It all depends on the prompts, right? So if you're just asking a straight up research question, like tell me about this podcaster, Stargate Pioneer. It's going to get all sorts of things wrong, including the fact that Stargate Pioneer has a podcast about the TV and movie franchise Stargate. Totally wrong there. Now, would I like to have a podcast there? Yeah, but that was totally wrong. I, I realize the information cutoff is like uh, September or something like that, 2021. So there is some of that. You're not going to get anything current in there. But the prompts, is the more you put in the prompts, the better you're going to get. So if you actually write your introduction and you want it to make it better, you throw it in there and it will give you something out. You might not want to say some of the stuff that's in there, but it will make it better. So it's, it's all about either starting from a point and then moving on from there or taking your work and making it better. So you just not, it's not going to be the finalized work. It's just not, there's too many fallacies in there to move forward. And if you just take it and don't edit it yourself, it's just, it's going to be too much information. You're going to have too much stuff out there. So yeah, that's my point. Now, some people at work, I know use it for resumes. They use it for, to help their performance evaluation. Uh, some people at work use it basically as a Google say, so tell me about this things. And it's a good start, uh, to, to run off there and uh, some people i've heard have written presentations i know there's been dissertations that have been written with it i know the academic uh just group in general has had issues with it some of it's very easy to determine if it's been written by chat gpt and not a human some of it not so much like i said it depends on the prompt that you throw at it so just take it for a grain of salt uh I think the concept is unlimited depending on how you want to use it for your show. If you want to say, hey, give me a funny joke for the show, you know, maybe it'll come up with something that you can use. Uh, But eventually, I think all these uh, AIs like ChatGPT are going to be paid and you're going to end up having to pay for it. It's all freeware right now as people are trying it out. But I think eventually you're going to have to pay for it.
0: Uh, by the way, if you were ever wondering, and this is the first time you've checked out the show, and you've been like, who are these guys? Well, you know, as I said, my name is Stephen John Drew, and uh, uh, he is SP, and he used to go by Stargate Pioneer. And uh, you don't need to know anything about me, but if you want to know a little bit more about Stargate Pioneer, uh, Stargate Pioneer, it's a pseudonym used by a podcast host and producer in the field of science fiction and entertainment. Uh, He's known for his work on several popular podcasts, including Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Better Podcasting. Uh, Stargate Pioneer's real name is not publicly known, as he chooses to maintain his anonymity anonymity (laughs) online. (laughs) He has a background in engineering and technology and has worked in various fields related to audio production and sound engineering. And did you know this? As a podcast host and producer, Stargate Pioneer is known for his in-depth knowledge of the science fiction and superhero genres, as well as his engaging and informative style of presenting. He is also an advocate for high quality audio production and frequently shares tips and advice on how to improve the sound quality of his podcasts. By the way, one last thing. In addition, to his work in podcasting, Stargate Pioneer is also an active member of the online community and is known for his friendly and approachable personality. <clears throat> he regularly interacts <laughs> with fans and fellow podcasters on social media and in online forums and is considered a valuable resource for anyone looking to improve their podcasting skills. End scene. <laughs> that was Chad GPT. I just told it to tell me about Stargate Pioneer. So there you go. But-
1: but that's after you've corrected it several times. So we had a session where yeah. we were correcting it, which would stay in your session that you're using with chat GPT.
0: But apparently it's learned because because, you know, when we were doing that, there was things that you were putting into it about yourself. And then I'd be, I'd be like, tell me about it. And it seemed like some of the stuff was coming towards me. So I know people say that it stays independent. But I, I would disagree after that. That I don't know if it's not that it's. If you're actually feeding it or maybe you're redirecting it to pull historical information better, like it's still technically the information's in there. They're just drawing a little bit better. Like, I I don't know, because it was a weird session you and I had when we were just one morning, just randomly throwing stuff into chat GPT, chat GPT about you, basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'd be curious as to how our listeners are using it actively on their shows. I haven't actively used it yet. I was thinking about using it this weekend, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it it is there. You have to be careful when you're using it, though, because it's not infallible, basically. Even the stuff that you've prompted it to say and it's learned and everything like that, it might go off on a tangent because it just thinks that, hey, I'm connecting the dots and this dot is connected but it's actually not so yeah you just have to you just have to worry about that so i thought that was relevant discussion especially since my work coworkers <laughs> found chat J- gpt yesterday like i've known about this for months you know right, yeah. since last fall <laughs> they just found it yesterday and i'm like oh my gosh and part of the reason they found it is it's like it's midterm appraisal time so everybody hates writing their their self-evaluations or whatever it's like hey i've heard this chat gpt can help with that so everybody got on it and they started doing stuff and since the super bowl just happened we happen to have an eagles fan in there uh one of the prompts was why are eagles why are philadelphia eagles fans so annoying so that was (laughs) one of the prompts So, yeah, I I mean, people just started playing with this left, right and backwards. So, yeah, there you go. Chat GPT is a tool, but it's just a tool. It's not going to do all your work
0: for you. Yeah. Uh, All right. So let's move on to uh, actually before we move on to another topic, I just want to uh, circle back to a comment that we had in the live chat a little bit ago, and it was from um, Gregory and he had said. I went back to an old episode and I liked how the BP-40 sounded. Uh, I agree. And and this brings up something that was a question that came up this week in our live chat. Um, I did not EQ any of the microphones last week, including the RE320, which when I've been using it for the last couple of weeks prior, I do have a little bit of EQ on it. But for the comparison last week, I did not do any of that. I didn't even do it on any on either of SP's mics. I just went and put it out there with a bit of noise gating, a bit of uh, maximizing limiting. So it was the raw sound, just like this week will also be. Um, When I used to use the BP-40, I did EQ. I pretty much EQ every mic that I ever use on a permanent basis because I feel like there's always a little bit you can do. Some mics need a lot more than others. And if I was to start using the BP-40 again long term, I probably would go back. I might have to install some old software and find what I used to apply back then and and try to start start there. And I might change my mind because, you know, I've, I've, I think I've hit puberty since then, so.
1: <laughs> uh, so Steven takes care of an issue, let me continue that point and say, I have been using with both the Zoom ZDM1 and the Rode PodMic. I have been using the PodMic preset on my Rodecaster Pro 2, just straight up, no changes whatsoever. On my RE320, I have started with the RE20 preset on the board, on the Rodecaster Pro 2, but I have increased the gain because my voice needs more gain. It just, I'm a quiet speaker. Everybody who's around me, it's like, it's SP, speak up. We can't hear you. And I have to go through that. So actually by podcasting, I've learned that i need to talk louder in real life and it's really weird because in my head i I sound like i'm yelling but i'm really not in actuality whether i'm just talking to a coworker or i'm speaking to a room like a briefing or something like that or teaching at the head of the class it sounds to me like i'm yelling but i'm really not so that's an issue that i just have with my body as i'm speaking a lot lower and i generally need more gain in my microphones and for those longtime listeners, you've heard the story before, but if you're just coming to Better Podcasting Live Chats, I figured that out because I was doing a live podcasting panel at C2E2 in Chicago, and I was sharing a mic with our co-host, Chris, on the Gonna Geek Show. There were seven people, there were six mics. So Chris and I, since we knew each other, or whatever we we knew how to to interrupt each other or, 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 you know, cut into each other when we needed to. And both of us knew when to back off, too. So we just said, "Okay, we're going to use this mic together and everybody else can have their own mics. We could definitely hear the difference between (laughs) him and me. Like there was a guy that was working the board. And whenever I talked, I started out slow and he would throw the faders way up. But whenever Chris talked, it was like he was breaking the speakers in the room and the guy running the faders and the AV side console. You're just like, whoa. So you see him doing this fader thing throughout the entire thing, going back and forth. I was like, what are you doing? And then I figured it out. So that is how I learned that I speak softly and I need extra gain with my mic. And it also taught me that everybody speaks differently, that everybody's going to need a different EQ setting on a microphone, that everybody's voice is going to be different on each microphone and everything like that. But for the purposes of this and the microphone testing that we've been running, the $100 and below microphones have all been using the PodMic preset on the RODECaster Pro 2 and the uh, RE320 is on the RE20 preset, but I've increased the gain just because I've learned that I need more gain on it.
0: Okay. So the question for you then is why don't you just start shouting all the time? Because when we started doing better podcasting, everybody used to always comment that I had a lot of energy and they hinted at my shouting. And and then (laughs) I I stopped shouting mostly because I became a a father of two and very lost, losing energy. I can't speak. See, that's how much energy i lost <laughs> well it's
1: just because your batteries on your robotic body are you know winding down
0: right you know right. just
1: like a, a tesla battery wears down after a while you're <laughs> a robot everybody's known that or android if you will and your batteries over time just you need a new set of batteries that's all
0: i'm fully functional by the way uh okay <laughs> star trek full uh let's let's talk a little like, kind of closed the gap we're getting towards the closure close the loop i mean of a a roadcaster pro two issue that you have been long talking about should we do that now yeah we should so when
1: we recorded last time i said i was having an issue and i reached out to road and they said use the you know the the factory reset well like the day after we recorded i got a bunch of messages from them and they said no 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 it's it's not that it's we, we've we watched your videos. It is definitely the hardware issue. They said that we've isolated it to a hardware piece that was in an initial low-rate production run, and there is no way to correlate the serial numbers. Otherwise, we would have issued a recall. We've just been handling them one at a time when we hear about them. And there's only like 100 or so that are like this. And judging by the numbers that we've seen, I don't know whether to trust that number or not. He never gave me a firm number, by the way. I'll say right now,
0: I'll just go ahead and say this right now. I don't believe it for a second. I I don't think the math adds up with how many we have just offhandedly seen in our community. I think that that is an amazing coincidence. And I don't believe the numbers for a second. And I'm not I don't know what the reason is, if it's just bad information on their part or something. But I will just say myself personally, I don't believe it.
1: So there's belief and then there's proof and we have no proof other than the numbers that we've seen in our community and our community isn't all that big. So if you're getting a hundred roadcaster pro two, or, or like a couple of dozen roadcaster pro twos just in our community, in which they have thousands out there. Yeah, I would agree. The numbers just don't add up there, but I don't know how much it is. It could be 500, 200, maybe it's close to a hundred and it just was all circumspect. I don't know. And as uh, Damien, the DM threw up in chat, allegedly. So anyway, they actually asked for my phone number and to call me. And just because they're on Pacific Coast time and I'm in East Coast time, it took an extra day. They called me the next day. They said, give us your address. We're going to ship you one. We're going to give you an RA. We're going to send you a return um, uh, label and you're going to get one and you're going to send it back and, and we'll do the, the, you can have yours until we have it. We, you can have yours until you get the new one and then you need to ship us yours. Okay. Got it. Uh, I still using the original one, but yesterday UPS delivered this. And as you can see right above my shoulder is the box for the one I'm using. And this is the new box. I, have not opened this yet so what steven and i wanted to do is actually open this what a replacement looks like directly from the box i have not opened this whatsoever other than i pulled it out of the shipping box that it was in i did like the fact that they sent it in an actual roadcaster pro 2 box because it's got the serial number sticker on it which matches the serial number of the unit so if i would have kept the original box it would have been a mismatch with the serial number so i'm glad they sent out the actual box but i don't know what's in the box they said that they tested it before they sent it out so this is not a new one but i don't know if it's pre-owned or they just took it out to make sure it worked before they sent it out so i'm it, taking the sleeve
0: pro- it's probably um uh who is it that uh senters in already uh, uh john jamingo yeah, probably john Buchanan probably John Jamango's uh repaired version that they sent you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, I took
1: the sleeve off and this is what the box looked. I have done an unboxing of this is on the geek Gear YouTube channel of the original one. So, uh we can compare and contrast to so that. I'm taking I'm opening up. I'm just going to put this down in the on the uh uh table next to me. I'm going to open it up. It's just a standard box. And in it is um no cords. So in the, in the top of the box, there's usually cords. There's, there's not any cords, but there is a Roadcaster pro two in packaging there. It's plastic packaging and there is nothing else in there and just pull
0: out my other slider over for the, here and put it down for the audio listener i'll throw in a little piece of feedback here as well which is that uh it came in the standard retail box that is is what he's opening up it was the standard retail box and initially when he opened it it looked to be the standard retail packaging and then that's what he's getting through is uh the uh the section that usually has the cords and it looks like now you've got a a usb-c cord
1: yeah a usb-c cord i believe this is the power adapter yeah, it's the power adapter and the you you so the roadcaster pro two has three us C inputs One is for the power and power only two are connections that you can go through a uh, Computer a laptop a uh, mobile device something like that anything with a usb input and There is another okay, it's the other part of the power cord So they sent the power cord and the unit. And the unit is encased in plastic. So if you give me a second, I'll take a look at the unit in the plastic and see what kind of condition it's in. I know you can't see this online here.
0: So SP is now flipping the board around and he is holding it up so that you can see in the reflection his screen, as well as his 33 post-it notes that he has with his passwords. All of the passwords seem to read, I love Steven.
1: Yeah, and the uh, Love, the uh, O, has a zero in it. And uh, Stephen, <laughs> the uh, E's have threes in it. Yeah, so, yeah, it looks uh, like an undamaged exterior unit. I don't see any mark. Well, on the bottom, there definitely is wear marks. So this this was a unit that was, I don't know if you can see it on, on there or not, but there, there are wear marks on the uh, shiny part here. So this was a unit that was out in the field that they cleaned up, and then they sent back they, they fixed they ascertained that it worked and they sent it back to me the screen does have the screen cover on it so there's a plastic screen cover you know the the protective cover so they put one on there and uh i don't know i'll, I'll fire it up tomorrow and i will put all the presets that are on my old one in here and then i will ship the old one back to them either tomorrow or early on Friday. Today is Wednesday, so it will be going back by this weekend. I'm not holding on to it to keep it. It is simply I am juggling devices right now. And uh, I do have a couple of recordings coming up before we get back together next week. So I'll give everybody an update on on where it is. So, yeah, that is the Roadcaster Pro 2 almost complete. Hopefully next week will be <laughs> the, the last time we talk about the sound pad issue And go on from there. So, Stephen, what are your comments on the process that we've gone through so far?
0: Well, I want to start by talking about a comment that we have in the chat, which is from Damian, the DM. And he says, White Glove QC for the esteemed SP Rupert. And and I know he's making a joke, but I, I do want to say this came up in our Discord earlier was the question of how much extra service did you get by... Making it known that you have a podcast that you've talked about this through these videos or did the social media team see things because we don't know because because usually you have to send it in ahead of time and they seem to skirt that and, and send you it in advance. And if it was just a, a random person that didn't do any of these things, would they still have the same thing offered if they laid out the same problems that you did, which was that your studio would be out of commission? Or is it related to the fact that you have a bit of a personality, or as Chat GPT told us, that uh, you are a, um, a a member of the online community? So is is that the reason why?
1: Yeah. So as far as getting the unit, I don't think the unit is any different than anybody else would have received, but I think they wouldn't have gotten the unit before they sent theirs in. I think that's what they do: is they will receive a unit yeah. in. Check. I've got the unit. I'm going to send you a working unit out and I will work on your old unit and you will never know what's happened to the old unit. And that's what I
0: would expect from any technology process. You usually, like, you know, when we switched in the Zoom L12 because of the clipping, thinking it was a problem with the unit, that came back a different serial number. So it was the same thing. So I I would expect that with technology. I don't really know if they really fix people's actual technology unless it's like a like a paid service and you're, you know, you're paying for like a crack screen replacement or something like that, or, you you know, something specific like that. I think most of the time technology is just, we're sending you another unit.
1: Yeah. So I'll be excited to boot that up. When I boot that up, I will go through and check what uh, the firmware is. And yeah, I'm on the recent firmware, which is, I don't think, did we talk about that last time? No, I don't think we did. So I'm on firmware 1.1.4, Which means that in 13 days, it has increased from 1.0.7, which was the last non-beta firmware, to 1.1.1, to 1.1.2, to 1.1.3, to 1.1.4. They did four firmwares within 13 days. It was rather annoying because... What I had to do is when I was transferring the file, my road central would see that it was not compatible with the device and said, you need to update your device in order to transfer the file. Now I could have taken the SD card out and put it in my SD card reader and done it that way. But I'm like, okay, no, it sounds like I need the firmware upgrade because they're doing so many that there might've been a mistake that they threw in there. But it was really annoying because I had to do it three times. I was transferring files three times within 13 days and it or four times within 13 days. And it said, nope, you can't do this. You need to update your firmware. I was like, dang, that's that's harsh. And it's not like you can do this later. It's no in order to make it work. You need to do it now. So that was annoying.
0: In our chat, we did have Damien the DM say, also, SP, is this now your RCP2? Or is there an expected exchange back? And so I, I think you kind of I think you did actually say that at the beginning, but it was in, in the context of a bunch of other things, which is that you are expected to send back your first unit. Um, They just advanced you the unit.
1: Yeah, they did. And uh, they didn't take a credit card or anything. They trust me and I'm not going to Uh, have them any reason to mistrust me. Uh, This is probably maybe too many days for them in between receiving and sending, but this is not my full-time job. And I just don't have time to mess around with the device and go through what we need to with better podcasting until I send it back. So maybe there's a little better podcasting courtesy there of, hey, we, we know that you are going to uh, regale your tail of what happens here. And, and they're confident in their stuff. I, I'll say this, they're confident in their stuff that they think that it's really good stuff. And no matter what you do with it, it's going to work unless there's a hardware defect or you break it, like it falls on the ground or whatever. And that, that was one of my concerns is like the unit that I'm getting, how used is this? Is right. there like dust in the ports? That's going to go bad over time because I've been really careful with mine has somebody jostled it around, put it in their backpack, and maybe thrown the backpack around, maybe traveled with it, you know it ends up in luggage that gets thrown anywhere. All these sorts of things are going through my mind, so we'll just see how this plays out, and it's the same risk you take when you send a phone that's misbehaving in, like okay, is this phone going to last now these phones usually have warranties. I have no idea what the warranty. I didn't ask what the warranty on this replacement is, so. We'll just, uh, see, I, what did he say there? So we've got Game clarification.
0: Area? What he's actually asking about is, is, is this now your unit or are they repairing yours and sending your oh. repaired one back?
1: No, the, the one that they sent me is now my unit. Yes.
0: There you go. Um, and yeah, I think Liberty do dude do does bring up something. All new products have their lemon percentage. I agree with that. And it's. That number of percentage, I would like to know what the lemon percentage truly does end up being on this.
1: It's funny that he should mention that all new products have their lemon percentage.
0: Yeah, because. No, you go ahead.
1: Yeah, maybe another company has had issues with their new stuff.
0: Absolutely. And there was actually a post that we had come up uh, in our Discord this week, and it's a notice from Zoom Corp, not Zoom, you know, the teleconferencing company that Zoom, the audio equipment company, and they said, notice about mic track series. Quote, to Zoom customers, following the latest release of the new mic track series, M2, M3, M4, in December 2022, we received feedback that some recorders were rece- experiencing RF radio frequency interference. We investigated these reports and found that certain units from the initial pilot lot were affected by a flaw in the assembly process. The, the affected units are more prone to RF interference under specific circumstances. And then they go on to the talk about how you deal with that. But this is the part that I loved about it was that they actually put forward the affected serial numbers that they, they feel that are affected by this because they had a serial number range. Somehow during the process, they were able to identify that these would be the affected ones. So that's great. That's a lot of good information they're putting out. And I'm happy to see that. Yeah.
1: And I'm happy that there's going to be fixes for those out there in the wording. It didn't say, send us your thing back. They probably think it's lost cause that it's probably going to cost more to repair those units than they're worth. So I don't think that they're asking for them back because that, that wasn't part of what the whole thing was. Although I could be mistaken and it could just be implied that we're going to send you out a new one, no questions, but you're going to send us the old one. So I think this is a good thing that if you do have something that's bad, that's known to be bad, that they've also attributed it to a manufacturing issue, a part in a manufacturing issue uh, that has been corrected. And all other units that are not these cellular numbers are good. Uh, road has not done that, nor has road done a public notification no. that I know of. If they have, please, I keep on saying this. If they have, please send me the link. I would love to see it but I don't think road has publicly acknowledged the fact that these quote unquote, 100 or so units are bad. So I do like the way that zoom has done this. I don't know how many units they're talking about. Did it say in the notification? I don't remember reading that.
0: Uh, I didn't in that notification, but, uh, in our discord, I know, I think it was Damien had actually seemed to, indicate it was like a thousand units or something like that. Um I, I'm wow. not gonna say for sure. I don't I don't know for sure. I thought there was a number that came up in there. I'm not sure how that was found. Um so, so don't quote me on that.
1: So I'm seeing maybe this existed before and nobody really found it or whatever, but I'm seeing as things go more digital here in the new audio gear for uh podcast producers and anybody else that's doing audio, I'm seeing more and more of this. So I don't know if there has been changes to quality control manufacturing since like let's just take the zoom h5 when that came out because that was a big deal when it came out right newer preamps and it was better than the zoom h4n and you had the um zoom h5 come out and it was better all the way around it had the removable microphone capsule and stuff and you never heard of those go bad now maybe some did but you never heard of them now you're hearing and maybe it's because social media is better and uh, youtube is better and, and the community is better i don't know but i don't know if there's a been a shift in the quality control of things it seems like there has but i don't know
0: i yeah i don't know i think with something like the roadcaster you're probably because of how popular it is you're probably more likely to hear some conversation. It's a, it's a high price tag and there's a lot of different types of people using it. So that's what I think. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was a, a Roadcaster Pro 1 problem oh. that I, I have since basically confirmed is an issue that I've long had that I feel terrible about because I blamed my cat. So wow. So here's the deal is is every now and then. um, So actually in my podcast studio, a.k.a. my den, I got a little cat bed and and, and my old the old lady cat that I've got. She doesn't like the kittens or the younger ones, So she just comes and hides away in the den and she just sits there and she sleeps for hours because she's old. She's towards the end of her life and she's not going to keep up with those young cats. So she hides away in here. And every now and then I've come in. And my Rodecaster Pro 1 was recording randomly. Ooh. And so what I assumed was that she was coming up and hitting the record button. Because on the Rodecaster Pro 1, the button pulses when it's not doing anything. And I thought that's exactly what it's got to be. Cat just like sees it, wants to hit it. And it was always, always well, when she was in there. Well, I came in the other day and it was recording for like three hours. And the cat had not been in there. Nobody had been in the den, actually, because I had been out for for since after work or whatever it was, and nobody had been in the den at all, which means there's just some form of bug that's just randomly making it record. And I don't know what's causing it, but it does come up quite regularly. And I blame my cat all the time because I thought that was the most logical thing because it was pretty random. But this definitively happened because when it was recording, I looked at the time and I made a conscious effort to, to log what had happened in the den. And it was nothing. There was nothing. Nobody had been in. No animals had been in. So anyways, I don't know what it is. Not a huge deal. As long as it doesn't record, stop recording while I'm recording. I just go and I just delete the, the files.
1: I was going to say, it would fill up my card. I
0: had that happen. You know, during my hiatus, there were several times I would come in and, and it would be completely full because it was going for days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Well. I'll tell you afterwards what I may or may not have to do with that.
0: Oh, are you hacking me? No
1: comment. (laughs) No, I'm not hacking you, no, uh, but, but it makes you think. About me, what else is going on? Because is it connected via Wi Fi? Is that when Wi Fi? No, no there's
0: no network on it. It's just you. It's okay. just going to be USB to the computer. So I was wondering if there's something USB related, maybe sending a something weird going on a signal. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. And it'd all, be interest
1: interesting to contact Road, but it, they said they stopped servicing it. So why would they care, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also Damien the DM, by the way, he did follow up and he said, uh, it's technically a range of serial numbers, but the range is in the thousands. So then in our chat, he listed off uh the range. For example, it says uh Japan M two zero 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 two to one three six zero, m three zero three zero two to one zero nine six. So that's how he got the thousand. It was was based off the serial number. I I get I, that now. Gotcha. Yeah,
1: I, I'd go with it. Yeah. Hey, talking about Damien, let's let's go ahead because this is big this week. Hindenburg 2.0 is now out there. It's been announced. It's got transcriptions in it, and of course, Damien is a longstanding Hindenburg user. And in our Discord server, a better podcasting, and I've seen him posted in other places too, like on Reddit stuff like that. But I think he posted in our our Discord server first what is new with Hindenburg Pro 2 and transcription. There's manuscript, new look, clipboard, still to come. So this is not in the software itself, but planned updates, video track, sound libraries, audio cleanup, and call recorder. So this is all in addition to the great Hindenburg that has been out there. Originally, this is Hindenburg 2.0. Now, Stephen... You've never used it before that I know of. I've never used it, but I know Damien's used it. And I've seen it being used when I went to Podcast Movement. I was in a demo with them. I actually sat down with Hindenburg at their booth and went through a few things. It looked pretty versatile, especially for a podcaster that was putting together for some sort of narrative. Like if you're doing an NPR style or maybe an audio drama or whatever, I know there there was a potential limit with uh, or issue with the limit of the tracks but it looked really neat and it was a different way to do audio production. So I know a lot of people are very excited about this Hindenburg 2.0.
0: Yeah, I'm actually really happy to see this, even though I'm not using it. I think that Hindenburg has worked really well for a lot of people. There's a lot of positivity out there. And to see them introduce such such a broad scope of features that are going to be useful for podcasters is really a good sign that they're not just going to abandon the software that they actually want to keep developing it as they go. It's, you know, as far as I know, there haven't been a lot of major feature changes or things like that over the last little while. So this is, this is awesome. And I think this helps give people confidence in the product when they see that they're continuing to evolve with the needs of podcasters and and people who are using their software. So that's fantastic. I, I, I like that. And maybe one day I'll check it out. Probably not though, because i usually use video editors because my shows are quite video driven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, just just a, a tad bit, just a tad bit. So we got some feedback from last time and it was my use of the ZDM one. Damien also Damien's just he's knocking it out of the park with all the feedback this week. Anyway, he said, you know, I was really used to the ZDM one since you were using it from the start of the episode, but hearing the back to back difference. It seems like it definitely was chopping off the high end a bit. And the RE320 is definitely a richer and fuller sound. It makes the ZDM1 sound like it's choking. Choking. Choking down your voice. However, when you look at the cost difference, I feel like it says a lot about how good the ZDM1 value is. I'll agree with that. For a $50 microphone, it's amazing. I wish I would have had it, you know, out of the box. Like I said before, like I said last episode, but there definitely was a difference. And oh, Stephen, along those lines, guess what? What? For the, those that have been noticing me with the Rode Pod mic, I actually also can bring in the Electro Voice RE320. So are you ready to add another track to your editing
0: this week? That's why I just just sat back in my seat because I knew you're doing it just so that I have another track in my damn editor, which even though I don't edit this, I still have to load it in and then I have to keep it long term because I'm a pack rat with my data. And then one day my kids will be looking through the data and they'll be like, why is there two SP tracks? And then they'll look at that and they'll go, wait, there's two SP tracks and they'll be super excited because they'll hear more of you.
1: Who wouldn't actually? <laughs> and wow, what a difference. Are, are those both is. going right now? No, it's just oh. the RE320. That's the only microphone you're hearing. Is it bad?
0: No, it's not. No, no. It's just, okay. I <laughs> guess, because I'm used to the the Zoom. But I will say this, that um, with with all of that said, I still feel from what I heard last week and what I've heard this week, I still feel that we could EQ that to be a little more in line. And also that it is, I think it's a better rounded mic than the pod mic because, the, sorry, the ZDM1 is than the pod mic because I'm hearing you right now on this. And now we've got a bunch of the bottom end back compared to the, the pod mic that you've been on this whole time. And so kind of putting everything all together, I feel like there's more that could maybe be done with the ZDM1 on your voice versus the pod mic from a manipulation perspective. I could be wrong, but after hearing the pod mic this entire episode, ZDM1 the entire episode, and now you're going back to the RE320 where it's got the balance of both. I I just feel like last week there might be more for me to work with if I wanted to.
1: Right, so all you're considering is the EQ, but there is so much more. There is off-access noise rejection. There is pop filtering, right? There is so much, and the, the frequencies themselves are different for, that are allowed between the two microphones. Uh, honestly, from what I remember, the Rode Pod mic probably cuts off the frequencies a lot more than the ZDM one. And the, the Pod ZDM- mic's
0: really bad for pops, too.
1: Right. I do have a windscreen on it. Yeah. I wasn't going to use it without yeah. a windscreen because I remember I used it without a windscreen once, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need a windscreen. So I bought a windscreen for it, and I've been using it this time. The other thing that I will say is the. Uh, the, the the microphone, it it's just there's only so much you can do with a lower quality microphone because there's proximity effect that a higher quality microphone can take into account. and it's a higher quality microphone is going to give you a higher quality bass sound to go with. However, we're talking about hobby podcasting, so the ZDM one is a pretty good microphone. It reminds me a lot of the Rode Procaster and the sound of my voice through that uh, maybe a little bit more procaster than BP40 and i do like the sound of my voice is it's just way too deep like you have to bring back the lower frequencies cuz it's just too much on those microphones which is why i like the RE320 because it it's accentuating the mid range over the high end and the low end. So anyway, if you're comparing this entire episode, <laughs> you are now hearing me on the RE320 and I will switch back to the road pod mic at this break.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like it, it is well balanced and there is a lot of features that you get out of those higher end microphones. And but you you have to look look the cost and factors and as a hobby podcaster what you want. And um I I think that you're you're right. If the ZDM one and the pod mic had been around when we started, right? I think that um, I, I think things might have been a little bit different, and I wish we had had those back then. Um, and I don't know. The the pod mic has its pluses. The ZDM one has its pluses. The ZDM one is definitely a lot heavier in the bottom end, though, which which does the the bit. That's the big negative that I will give it is that having the heavier bottom end does in my opinion go south faster than not having the thick bottom end and what i mean by that is like with sp he's got a heavier voice someone had an even deeper deeper voice with him than him i think that you would find that that would really sound bad very quickly it would start to become very very muddy very quickly because of that lower bottom end as opposed to when you've got the microphones that are missing the lower end yes sir you're missing that but there's a lot a lot less exponential uh, degradation, I guess. I I don't know, like sounding heavy, like you get with that bottom end. You know, if you've got a a sort of upper range mic, I guess is the best way to say it. If you have an upper ra- a mic that shines on the upper range but doesn't really have much bottom end, if you get somebody that has a lower voice, there's not going to really be any impact on that because you're still going to pick up the, that upper range. If you get someone with a higher voice. It doesn't really matter because that's where the mic's shining as opposed to the, bo- to the heavy bottom end. It gets too boomy very quickly is what I'm saying. So I think that there, it might, the pod mic might be a little more versatile for the general scope of a bunch of different voices, but they're both good mics. So don't take me as knocking any of these, either of these.
1: No, we keep saying I have a low voice and my voice is lower than yours. But I think the defining point of my voice is it's quiet and it's muddled. Those are the two things, not necessarily low. Like I'm not going to get a really deep bass tone. Right. Like there are like excellent radio voices that will just boom or yeah, that's not my voice. My voice is muddled. So I need help from my microphone to go ahead and do it. So that is just going back to the fact that every microphone is different and every voice is different. You have to find the microphone that's good for you. Now, Stephen, uh, we're running on the one hour point here and you have either kids to put to bed or kids to give dinner to or you have to <laughs> Just blame me
0: Just go ahead and blame me which is probably accurate but i do want to throw something out there right now because in our chat we did have johnny pennington say a fair t- test would be have to have included the rusto mic and so while sp was doing his unboxing i Grabbed another arm. I grabbed another cable and I got myself the Rusto mic. So should, should we get the Rusto mic going on this here? Should we hear what this is? And for the long time, the not long time listeners, what this is, is, this is a handheld microphone that it was a generic microphone that I think I picked up at Future Shop, which for you non-Canadians was basically Best Buy before Best Buy bought them. Uh, there was a, a very similar store and then Future Best Buy came to Canada and bought it. And then anyways. So I might have been from Future Shop, and um, it was so bad that eventually the grill started to rust. So I've had it around. We've called it the Rusto Mic, and now I've hooked it up.
1: I've heard this before. I've cringed when I've listened to it before. But go ahead. There's probably some listeners that I haven't heard it yet. So why don't you go ahead? This is what a, basically a rock band rusted microphone sounds like years later.
0: And this is the Rusto Mic. That's the Rusto mic right there. We are we are live from Rusto Central, coming to you from Rusto Central. We'll be back after these messages from Rustolium Paint. Not as bad as I
1: remembered it, but definitely <laughs> there's a lot of hiss in it. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I would not want to use it. It's better than nothing. It's like better than your laptop,
0: yeah, microphone.
1: Sure. But I, I don't think I would want to. Anyway, what I was going to say, Stephen, is we have time for one more story. So I was going to give you the option of to deal with Waffles and his recording monitoring by using headphones, as you say, or going through your monitor. So which one you want to do?
0: Let's go with Waffles because Waffles always deserves the spotlight before me because his name is Chris and Chris's definitely are better than Stevens.
1: (laughs) His real name is Chris and definitely that. So Waffles came into our chat last week before we recorded. He asked a question. How do you all monitor yourselves? So I can give a little backstory to this is that he has a lot of ambient noise in his studio. So he goes from his microphone, which right now is a Rode Pod mic, into a Behringer UMD or UM22 into his computer. He uses NVIDIA Broadcast to treat his audio, to give it a noise gate and to EQ it a little bit. And then he sends it out. He also uh, loops it back so he can record it on the Zoom P4 that he has. So he's got uh voice meter, I believe, going, and he's got NVIDIA Broadcaster going, and he's got the chat StreamYard going, which is what we use to record. So all this combined means that he is experiencing latency. I know this when I'm editing because I have to shift his audio track over. And I just figured this is the way it is. He's not monitoring his own voice because there's no way to do it with all that loop back going into anything. He could probably do it through the Zoom P4. But at that point in time, there's got to be at least a second, if not two seconds of latency. So if you've ever tried to talk with yourself echoing back, that's what it would be like. So he's trying to experience that and he can't do it the way he's got things set up. So he's wondering how you would monitor yourself. How would you listen to yourself as you're recording to make sure that the recording is okay without experiencing latency? So Steven, knowing that now, is there any solution that you would use?
0: There's honestly nothing that I can can personally think of for this. And this has been a digital problem for a long time. In fact, I seem to recall... Even on like the Zoom L12, it it wasn't much. It was just a hair. But I remember when I first started using that compared to the analog mixers I used to use, I I felt like I sounded a little distorted. And eventually I kind of realized it was probably just like, like just a a very minute amount of delay that was just kind of making it feel that way. And it, it wasn't anything equivalent to feeding things into a computer and back out. Um, I think that without the right hardware equipment, um, that the right powerful machine with the right sound cards that have this ability and stuff to, to do things um, in a low latency manner, I don't know what else you can do. Because I, I would assume that if they can do it in a product like the Rodecaster Pro, which is a highly digital platform, there must be the right audio equipment that is available for your computer. So it's money.
1: It is money. I was talking to Rob, who asked for the microphone comparison before, right? And he wanted a mute switch and he wanted to do noise gating and he wanted to EQ himself live, kind of like we do. We EQ ourselves live. So he was like, what do I use? I found this Go XLR Mini by TC Helicon. What do you think about it? And I was like, huh. So I did a little, we talked about it a long time ago Uh, because it came out years ago yeah and and this is the mini that he's talking about not the big boy the big boy is actually very powerful for one microphone it's very powerful it doesn't have a recording capability which is why we really don't talk about it in better podcasting but he wants to take his new microphone which is a rode pod mic by the way he wants to run it through a device that has a mute button be able to do the noise gate and everything right there he doesn't have all that powerful of a computer so he doesn't want to tax his computer uh he does not record he records on audacity they use discord as they're communicating back and forth and he records on audacity so he was like yeah what do i do and normally in his case i would say a zoom pod track before is your answer because then you can record and you can uh get the backup and everything but in his case He's not looking for that. His requirements are different. And the Go XLR Mini takes that DSP that uh, audio processing basically that's what it's called DSP and it puts it offboard the computer so you're not taxing your computer. I was like, you know, for selected use cases, it's actually not that bad. Now I did some research and there's no like, oh, this thing's terrible or anything like that. It's it's not the panacea. It's not the Rodecaster Pro 2 or Rodecaster Pro even. But it is pretty good. So Stephen, what do you think about that as a solution?
0: I have no uh, experience with the go XLR or go X- XLR many, so I would just be guessing based off of specs, and I don't personally do that. Um, i I would like to talk to some people who actually have the experience with it because with anything that hooks up to your computer, there's always always the concern of do you need a certain powerful enough, or a certain spec of computer? Because you might have a computer that can't handle the, the right latency for that USB port. And, and if all of a sudden your computer, your processor is being taxed, it will interfere with your USB stuff is, is generally what I've seen happen. And you might be in the same boat that you were before. So it, it might be throwing a bunch of that stuff off to the hardware. But if you're still having weird USB issues because you're running an underpowered computer... It might actually be worse because, you know, if you've got a computer that has integrated hardware like, you know, uh, cards and things like that, they are less susceptible in my experience as as far as um, resources go with, you know, processor taxation and things like that having an impact. But once you're going through the USB bus, my understanding is that, yes, now you, you are more subject to those. So I think there'd be a whole bunch of questions that I would have on that. and. That's one of the reasons why, um, like back in the day, I think it was USB two, uh, FireWire was it FireWire took off. The USB two I don't think could properly handle it with it with, the, with the hardware at the time. So FireWire took off, um, and there was a whole bunch of other problems that came when people were running computers at that time trying to do a bunch of concurrent USB stuff because of uh, hardware taxation. So I, I would want to know more about this sort of stuff. And then specifically, um, what is the situation with the user that that is using this? How does their hardware stack up compared to what the practical requirements are for this product?
1: So a couple of data points as we close out here. So on Amazon.com, so the US, the Go XLR Mini comes in at $229.00. If you wanted just the mute button, like you didn't care about the DSP, the onboard DSP, you could choose an Elgato Wave XLR, and that comes in at one hundred and fifty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. There's also the Focusrite uh, Vocaster One, which I had up at some point. I believe it's around, yeah, it's one hundred and fifty nine ninety nine. It also has a mute switch. And there are a couple more in that price range, the $150, $160 that have a mute button on them. But all you're doing, it's just an audio interface. So you're not doing any recording, which is why I usually say use the Zoom P4 because it has mute buttons on it as well. So you can use it that way, but there's no processing on board. And in Waffle's case... He can't monitor from the P4. I'll say it again, because the audio is already through the computer. It's being processed not once but twice and then back out to the P4. So the latency is two seconds there. So you're not going to directly monitor from from the uh, P4 in his case. So that's a couple of things. In the chat, we had Liberty do say the Behringer Ultra Voice UV1. I didn't say this before, but... Rob has a very limited desk space available. I mean, we were talking about using clamp-on shelves to to put this thing on anyway. So he recommended the Behringer UltraVice UV1. It is a rack-mountable thing, so it's about that size. I will say that is too big for his desk. That comes in at $189. It is a Behringer product, so take it for what you will there. If you're a Behringer fan, Ehinger, what, however you say it, yeah, I'm not going to get into that tonight. But if if you uh, like it, if you don't like it, it is available. It is something that you can use. Uh, but in Rob's case, he cannot because he had that additional size requirement. So he was going for the smaller size, which is one of the reasons that he didn't go for the bigger Go XLR. He just went for the mini because that was the limit of what he could use. Matter of fact, he was talking about stuffing it behind his desk on, on, uh, underneath a laser uh, printer that he has, you know, a 3D laser printer. I'm like, don't, do, No, you, you. so that's why we went into the shelves stuff. So uh, there, there are limitations on it. So uh, Chris Waffles does not have those limitations. So maybe it will work for Chris, but it's not going to work for Rob.
0: You know, if we're running into a resource issue and we're on a limited budget, and we're we're not wanting to put too much hardware into it. You know what I would do? I, I, I would uh, suck up to the producer of the podcast and um I would and I'm kind of being serious on on this this aspect of it is I would find out how I want to sound in post production using digital tools. And I'd strip probably strip the rest of the on the fly stuff out. I'd record fairly basic track do a little bit of playing being like, Hey, okay. I like this EQ and software now is when the sucking out comes up. So you say to your producer, Hey, can you start running this on my track each time? This is how I want to side sound so that that way you're, you're okay. Yes. Your live sound isn't going to be that great. Maybe it'll be a little less compressed. It'll be less compressed. Maybe there's no EQ. And then um I would just do it in post-production. I think if, if, we we can't do other alternatives like investing in uh, bigger hardware. I'm not saying this is the case, but I'm saying you know we can't can't put a bunch of money into it to get like the Rodecaster Pro or to do a computer upgrade or anything like that. If if there's no other solution, maybe it is best just to keep it simple as something that you can monitor and do it all in post production. So that might be the the best alternative.
1: Yeah, for Chris, the detriment with Chris is we do stream Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the recording that we're yeah. talking about. We do stream it live. So all of that sound would come in live. Matter of and fact, it is distracting to the other co-hosts because they say every time, wow, what's that hiss or what's that noise or, or whatever. So that's why he's going to the extent of trying to sound better live.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe there's another streaming tool that would better gate. I don't know, like, which I don't think there is, but um, I, I don't really know because the the delay thing is a real problem. And in our chat, Damien ha- has said that um, he suspects the main source of latency is either voice meter or, or NVIDIA broadcast. And um, I remember when I experimented with voice meter, I did find there to be a bit of latency, so I think that it could be the situation that you've, you, you have to decide. Are, are are Is it more money being invested into other hardware? Is it um, not processing it? Or is it not monitoring? That the might be the only options. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know all the specifics, but I do know that latency is a definite problem with digital things that I have seen like this on, on a budget because there are ever all the audio files out there all the gearheads are going to be saying you're wrong do you know how much digital stuff we do in recording studios and things like that well yeah but we're not talking uh, a hobbyist spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on that equipment that's not happening <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I do have a minimum that I would expect from a co-host, at least on the show that's running right now, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, same thing with uh, Voices of Defiance, which I did with Shannon and Sean. Same thing with Starling Tribune. You have to have listenable audio. And because with Starling Tribune and, and Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we stream it live, then you have to have a setup that's capable of streaming video. So th- those are my really two requirements is you have to stream video and you have to sound listenable and with chris he had both wrong at the start where he couldn't stream because it was taxing his computer too much he bought another computer he he had uh, another gaming computer made so that was saved. but the problem is his computer is on his desk to keep it away from the cats chewing the cords and that means he's got all sorts of fan noise from the computer itself that is right next to the microphone there are ways to mitigate it. We're working through it. But for right now, NVIDIA broadcast was the way to do it. And then he wanted to monitor himself. So how do you deal with latency? That was his question. I think we're going to move on to the next thing with Chris's audio setup after he listens to this. But I'll talk to him on Saturday when we uh, record Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Actually, no, it'll be next week because we don't record this weekend.
0: One of my favorite things, though, about these conversations that we have on the Better Podcast and live chat is because we throw it out there. We throw our on the fly opinions out there people will come back and they'll poke holes and everything that we said, and they'll come up with other solutions. And that's my favorite part about it. So uh, if you've got other thoughts, if you want to say that I'm so wrong, go ahead, do it. Uh, come to our discord, betterpodcasting.com forward slash discord, because uh, waffles absolutely would love your thoughts. And um, I know that I have I, the comments I have given are, are probably not what he was hoping. And I hope you're not, not mad at my, my suggestion of those things. But, um, but that's sort of where my mind is right now. And I hope other people say, Steven, you're wrong. So.
1: Yeah, me too. I hope everybody says, Steven, you're wrong.
0: Perfect. So. actually,
1: No, seriously. I, I hope they come and say, SP, you're wrong. Because th- this is a community, as you said. And other people have more experience or different experience than us. And, and that's why we do this is to bring those opinions in.
0: For sure. So the last thing we'll do here is a quick test. We'll do another blind test today. So should we, should we do, should we do the testy test? Are you ready? Do the
1: testy test. Alright,
0: okay. My name is Steven John Drew, and this is Mike number one. My name is Steven John Drew, and this is Mike number two. My name is Steven John Drew, and this is Mike number three. My name is Steven John Drew, and this is Mike number four. And we'll do that one more time. I am SP's co-host, and this is mic number one. I am SP's co-host, and this is mic number two. I am SP's co-host, and this is mic number three. I am SP's co-host, and this is mic number four. So again, the microphones are the Zoom ZDM-1, the ElectroVoice RE320, the Rusto mic and the road pod mic, but it not in that order. So I would love to know which are your thoughts. So please do let me know. With mic number one, mic number two, mic number three, or mic number four. And again, they were not in that order.
1: I will tell you as soon as we stop streaming what my favorite was. Uh, All
0: right. So get in touch with us through any of the ways. Podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Please do come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Also, we know that this is a fairly loose format. And so we really appreciate when you do give us this feedback, because that's what we like to do in the live chat is just dance for an hour or so and talk about the different things that come up in conversation. So I'm sorry it's not that edited. I apologize for that. But that's just the way this show works. And I fumble all over my words. And I say all sorts of things that afterwards I go, oh, Waffles is going to be mad at me. Waffles, please don't be mad at me.
1: (laughs) I will say that before we record next week, I have a surprise. So Better Podcasting Chats with SP has basically been on hiatus since the beginning of January. Next Tuesday, the day before the next episode of this is recorded, I will be back with Alexander Dahl from Manifest Brutality he interviews bands, and that is his podcast. He's been doing it for years. So I'm going to post in our Discord server tomorrow if you have any questions for Andrew, Andrew, Alexander Dahl. <laughs> and we will just go from there. And I will have my session with him next Tuesday. Next Wednesday, we will be back with Better Podcasting Live Chat, just a chat, <laughs> not live chats. <laughs> Better podcasting live chat, and unfortunately, due to a work requirement that I just found out about today, we're going to have to go later again next week. Now, our normal time is seven p.m. Eastern Time, four p.m. Pacific Time. That might be changing in the future, but for, for this week and next week, we had to push it back, and so we'll just wait until next week until we find out more if we're going to have to move it around permanently. But uh, per- right now, permanently, it's supposed to be seven p.m.
0: Yeah, so next week we will be. um at the 5:30 pacific ish 8:30 eastern in theory sounds about right in, yeah, theory. in theory so 8:30 eastern 5:30 pacific if something changes with that we'll let you know but that's in theory when we'll be
1: <laughs> looking forward to it
0: <laughs> so for episode number 43 of better podcasting live chat without an s i'm steven saying hey we learned all about SP tonight, which means this episode was a success.
1: <laughs> and I'm SP, and I hope you all are having fun using ChatGPT, podcasting in general. We'll see you next time. Bye. the mic out. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, Please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.